The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts and alongside with me for our film study episodes right here in the film room, uh, Mr. Brian Finch, whose beard, I don't know, I didn't know it can get any better, uh, your beard, I didn't know it can get any better, but it is. Does it show up that well on camera? It actually does. I yep. can I can almost see the some of the split ends. It's uh it's it's <laughs> it's it got some high definition uh stuff going on there. I did I did use some conditioner on it yesterday. I didn't put any in today, but <laughs> No, it's looking good. Looking good. Uh listeners, I wanted to give a shout out to uh Andrew Lenz for holding it down yesterday. I was high as a kite uh trying to record episodes yesterday and I just could not do it. So um Want to clarify that? For <laughs> I, I will not you say. Had a great weekend we, in Indianapolis. We were uh, on the fifteenth floor of our hotel. There's only four floors. Uh, <laughs> no, it, I was. Uh, we were. We celebrated. It was a wild, wild, crazy weekend. Yes, I was in Indianapolis this past weekend. We had a great time. It was a fantastic environment Saturday for the uh, the Colts and Patriots game, and it was a. Uh, I was just in total vacation mode. Total vacation mode. Why well, nothing to do with podcasting? Just just got home a couple hours ago and just oh no, Jared Goff COVID list. Oh no, uh, <laughs> every the world is falling apart. Um, did you did you buy his jersey? I should no no I didn't I should have but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah it was it was a great weekend I I emotionally needed it I'm actually like refreshed like there was a part part of me that was gonna be like yeah Brian you just hold down yourself. But I'm just I'm pumped up. I'm fired up. You know, it, it just it's been a good weekend. You know, we just found out there's a ghost in our studio. Really cool. Uh, life is good right now. Life is good. Now, but don't let me. I don't want to make this all about me. Brian, how are you, buddy? How's your recovery good. coming along? Uh, yeah, uh, getting positive marks from my uh, doctor, which good. is on Friday, and then I had my second round of uh, PT today, and he was very encouraged. He said. That was a lot of progress for over the weekend, and I'll be totally honest, uh, I didn't do anything extra. <laughs> In fact, on, I would say Saturday and a good chunk of Sunday was were complete washes as far as doing anything because I was watching sports. Yeah. But, so hey, he was happy. That's good. That's good. You know, smoking mirrors in your recovery, man. Smoking yeah, mirrors. Right. No, but, uh, dude, I am pumped that it's Christmas season. But uh, I'm even more pumped at the chaos that is the NFL. Oh, I love it. I love it. It, it is absolutely just chaotic right now. Uh, you know, over well over 100 COVID cases last week. I mean, that's not the part that we're excited about. But uh, the way that the, you know, it just, the way that everything's shaping up, you know, you and I, both AFC guys, 
We're seeing that the way that the playoff, uh, you know, the playoff positioning is kind of unfolding. Mm-hmm. Um, NFC is particularly interesting. It's yeah, it's it's been a shit show for better and for worse. Yeah. Uh, that's that over the last couple of weeks. Honestly, this whole season's been been wild and fun and uh, just just entertaining, just entertaining as it ever could be. But uh, I'm yeah, I'm I'm elated right now. It's a really really good time to be a football fan. I I feel. Uh, December football is always fun, and I don't. I, I mean, I've legitimately never seen it like this crazy and chaotic before. Yeah. By the by, the end of this week, which we did, of course, we did get two delayed uh, two delayed games. We're going to have some tonight, Monday, at the time of recording, and some Tuesday. Uh, more than half. Oh no, it's, it's definitely more than half, with the exception of the Texans. Jags and Jets, the entire AFC could be seven and seven or, or better. <laughs> I didn't realize it. Yeah. Uh, if the Raiders win, if the Raiders win against Cleveland tonight, I think five o'clock, you know, time recording Monday, um, they will, everybody will be seven and seven or better. So, and if the Browns win tonight and, and people listening to this already know whether or not they did, uh, they will decide whether or not the bills are in the playoffs right now. Will it? I know I, Cleveland. If the Browns win. The Bills are are the first team out. Really? And, the, and yeah, and then I think that moves the Browns in. Browns would be number the, with one with the Ravens loss. Yeah, Browns would be number one in the AFC North if they win. So that moves Bengals then down to our spot. Ah, I guess is what's going to happen. Sweet Jesus! Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's chaotic. Um, but we got film study to do, everybody. We have a lot to to look at today. And, of course, we're going to follow up the Losers Club. Uh, we're going to talk a little Giants. And I already forgot the second team. It slipped my mind. <laughs> Giants and uh, the Panthers. Knew that. Totally knew that. Um, yes, Carolina and the New York football Giants. Just some exciting ones to break down. Uh, I picked a play. Uh, they don't show it on this video, but uh, I got a little screen time this weekend. For those who are watching the Colts and Patriots game, uh, after the play I chose, they showed me my, this this mug on uh, on camera. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. I'm pretty proud of it. Um, but I picked this play. It was a really really cool play. Something that we haven't really looked at. It's by a guy we haven't talked about enough or at all this year. Not not, not enough people are talking about him. Ashton Doolin, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Really really cool play. Um, a really good play call. Play design by Frank Reich. And, of course, we're going to look at uh, the Detroit Lions, you know, their big win over one of the best offenses in the National Football League and uh, in, in the Arizona Cardinals and kind of just some of the scheming and stuff that they did to throw Arizona, Kyler Murray and company uh, off their game and just it, it just absolutely just dominant victory uh, for the Detroit Lions. Brian, what are we looking at today on your side of things? Yeah, we got, we got to look at uh, Brady having a tough time. Because obviously that was big news. <laughs> and then uh, I picked a guy that we talked about last week from uh, our uh, Losers Club. And we're going to talk a little Davis Mills. Ah, and yes. some encouraging signs coming out of Davis Mills beyond just the numbers portion. Because we've seen him already put up good numbers as a pro. But uh, we're going we're gonna to get a little more nuanced as far as where I think he is uh, mentally as a very young quarterback. All right. So very good. We got a busy slate ahead of us. Let's get rolling, rock and rolling with uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Uh, like I said, Ashton Doolin, a huge, great, great run play that we have going on here. 
Uh, I'm going to back it up just a hair. Yeah, it's very, the, the timing is very precise to get this thing started. Okay, so this is the play that we're looking at here. Uh, the time, the setup, and I should probably switch it over on our OBS. That would be incredibly helpful. Uh, the situation that we have here, it's first and 10. The Colts and Pats are tied at zero. Eight minutes, 51 seconds left in the first quarter. And a, a big-time run play that we have going over here to really open, start to open things up. It's been a defensive chess match this first six, seven minutes of the game, and now things are going to start opening up for the Colts' offense. So let's, uh, let's take a gander and, uh, and watch this play unfold. Hasn't touched it yet, still won't. They're going to do a little reverse. Look at this, got some room. Doolin has it. Big speed from Doolin on the jet sweep. All right. That was it. A little jet sweep action. Was that on your side of the field? Yes, it was, actually. Yes, it was. But you're on the other side of the 50, right? Correct. I think, yeah, we were like the 40, 50. Yeah, probably the the, – well, from this vantage point, probably the Colts 40, 45-yard line um, roughly. So, oh, did I stop it right on? No, I didn't, did I? What time did I put for this? 34 seconds, so I'm way off. Okay. Okay, there we go. All right, so here's our setup. Uh, The play design, what they were trying to, what they're really trying to do. Uh, We don't know if the Patriots have have an okay run defense. Their secondary is is phenomenal. That's why you kind of didn't need Carson Wentz to throw a bazillion times this game. I think he only completed five passes. Um, in this game, but we all, you know, in this team is obviously Bill Belichick is no dummy, right? Bill Belichick knows that the Colts are going to want to use Jonathan Taylor in this game. He's, he's incredible. He's absolutely phenomenal. They're set up right now to kind of, to, to kind of defend a up the gut run from, from Jonathan Taylor up the gut into the right hand side. So that's what the genius of this play design. I got to give a lot of credit to, uh, Ashton Doolin, who now I'm not saying he is, from a talent-wise, from you know anything like that, that he's Debo Samuel, but the Colts have used him in a Debo Samuel type role where they're they're comfortable handing the ball off to him. This dude is lightning quick. He's made some pretty significant plays this year, and that's kind of what that that's been a big uh, a big package. They try to use him in the run game at least one time. Um, it's been pretty cool. So. Um, but what we are looking at for our setups, for our personnel, all that jazz, we have 13 personnel for the Indianapolis Colts. We have Jack Doyle, and I believe that's Mo Alley Cox down here, and I believe that's Kylan, yeah, Kylan Granson um, on the right-hand side. So all three tight ends out there. Uh, the 13, of course, for those first-time listeners, the, the, the 1 and 13, is means Jonathan Taylor, our one running back, and the number three in the 13 is three tight ends. All right. This is a jumbo set, single back jumbo set. All right. That's what we're working with here. What it is, uh, it, obviously, um, it shows that, you know, yeah, you got a wide receiver out there, but uh, the Patriots are obviously, they see that, they're ready to, to come in for the run or for, for some run defense. You can see how close. Um, up that they are playing. So um, so there is that. Uh, and then the Patriots defense, all right? It is a 4-3 over defense. So um, what a 4-3 over means is that they're lined up on the uh, they're on the strong side, I believe, uh, is the – I'm pretty sure it's the strong side. Um, 
which oh they're angled on the strong side, which the bulk of their defense is on the side with uh, with multiple tight ends. So that is Mo Ali Cox and Jack Doyle on the left hand side of the uh, of the offensive line. So, um, but yeah, this is a pretty slick handoff, pretty slick uh, little misdirection and play just to kind of mix things up and get that run game going. Let's start to uh, let's start to break this thing down a little bit. So, uh, as you can see. Doolin is already in motion. Uh, the way that this video is laid out, Doolin is pretty much already in motion. Uh, by the time we get to, we start to get to see him, um, and and he's already getting ready to go. And this is uh, you know this this is all just perfect timing, right? So Carson snaps the ball. The defense is already, you know, they're kind of looking this way. Uh, they're like uh, Doolin's running, but are they really going to use him? It's it's got to be JT. Well, they were they were pretty full. This guy's not even paying attention. He's kind of looking over to the side over here. He's he's not really fully aware of what's what's possibly happening. His cover he might switch to a coverage on Doolin um, himself, but I think the way that the blocking assignments end up working out, um, it you know don't really help him. Let's yeah. uh yeah let's look at the snap. It's so quick. It, this is like it, it's got to be perfect timing. Or this is a fumble, uh, or it's a fumble. And look at our blocking schemes here. All right, Doolin takes the very, very quick, tight handoff. Uh, the Patriots' defense is—would uh, you consider it call the crash? Right, they're ready for the JT run. They're all committed to this to the right hand side of the offensive line, uh, yeah. left handed side of the defense. Uh, yeah, they're crashing all the way up. They're ready for it. JT is selling it. You know that that's the that's the nice thing about this 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 quick handoff here is that it's so fast that you know and again we have to put ourselves on field level. I know we have a nice aerial view of this and it's like oh wow how does the defense fall for that? But if you're one of those D linemen going up against the big Q who's tall as heck or Braden Smith or one of these giants, uh, you don't catch that. You don't catch that little that little part. You still think the ball is going to Jonathan Taylor and this whole defense is on the right hand side. All right, and then we have Jack Doyle coming off of here. He's ready to pick up that block. Like I said, this guy was going to be looking is going to be looking for Ashton Doolin, uh, and Doyle's going to pick up that block, and it's going to be huge. Hasn't touched it yet. Still won't. Bam! Little bump, caught a seam. All right, good blocking here. Moelle Cox gets a little block. Do a little and Doolin is quick as ever. I don't think a lot of people realize that ever. Uh, as well, Doolin is actually a very good special teams player. Very, very quick in what he can do. I mean, it, this ball started on the first and 10, so probably the 22-yard line. This got some room. Doolin has it. Big speed from Doolin. He goes up to the, uh, the Patriots 41. All right, but this is all, this is all scheming. This is all just it's <clears throat> anticipation, right? We talk about anticipation a whole lot. Um and you know a, a little bit the you know using the patriots uh you know third and long have to get to the 38 you know anticipation of, of a Jonathan Taylor run against them using it against them yeah and i thought it was just very very well done yeah there's already there is a motion uh i was actually surprised the pats didn't bite on this considering how that the colts have been using Doolin a little bit. I think they've used him in a couple jet sweep scenarios over the last couple weeks. Nothing too heavy. Yeah. But uh, the defense was not ready to all the, excuse me, to what am I talking like that? They weren't really prepared to audible for that. They were just like, uh, eh, and completely no sold it. But well, they got the linebackers to completely sell out for it. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, they come forward. Um, 
I was just surprised by the Pats defense. It was a uh, it was not a very uh, Bill Belichick defensive thing to kind of just let Doolin slide like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but but yeah, uh, they use the the expectation, the anticipation of, hey, Jonathan Taylor's playing to get the ball. Let's give it out to Doolin. Very good job. Very, uh, you know, by Carson Wentz, by Frank Wright to kind of organize this play. But Carson Wentz, of course, like I said, the handoff. So impressive, so quick, so tight. Has to be, has to be there. You have to sell it. Yeah, it's all about selling these plays and yeah. uh, to get them to work. I'm gonna watch the edge here and uh, see how which one much of the top of right here. No, at the bottom of the screen, right there. Yeah, okay. he, see, I'm gonna try and see how much of an earful he caught from Belichick on uh, <laughs> on, on this play. Yeah, let's take a little. I think it's the one that Cox got. Molly Cox. Yes, yeah. Still won't. They're gonna do a little reverse. Look, yeah. he's got some room. Doolin yeah. has it. Big speed from Doolin. Good you block. just want a better rep. Oh, for for sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm not going to say you end up winning that. I don't, I'm not saying that you, you're able to cross the face of the you know the guy trying to block you. Um, but really at the well. same time, I mean, he got stonewalled. <laughs> he did. No, I mean, it was it was, it was was very well guarded. You know, yeah. like it's a – when you only have – they literally put everything. I don't – you don't see formations like this very often. Right, and I think using this 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 kind of light too on a, on a jet sweep. I don't know if I've ever seen it used on a jet sweep before. Yeah. Could be recency bias, but um, but yeah, this was uh, this is a pretty cool play design. Very cool. Got me hyped up. Got the whole Colts crowd uh, hyped up and ready to go. But um, but yeah, this is how you this is how you mix the thing. You mix things up. You you push it downfield. This is the you know I've always been critical of Frank Reich and some of his uh, unusual coaching decisions. But when he gets yeah, when he starts having fun, you know, with, with some of these play designs, it it shows. It, it really shows, and this is unique stuff that you you know you really can't game plan for because he has something new up his sleeve every single week. Typically, yeah. Well, th- this is such a great example of dictating formation. You based on your personnel that you're putting out there, you're you're dictating Belichick in a way of saying that. He's going to put out his base, which is four three. Yes, you know what I mean. So you know, then you have an advantage as far as if you can get a get a speed player in space, an athlete in space, then they're going to have a better advantage against that kind of personnel instead of catching a nickel look or a dime look. Yeah, very very well prepared for that setup. Um, yeah, very well, and, and that's that's basically what I want to look at with this. Is this uh, really cool play design? Faking out the defense—that's what I like. You know, we, we talked last week. It's so easy to pick these deep bombs and you know all these really, really cool throws. Mac Jones made a lot of tremendous throws this weekend. A couple bad ones, but uh, it was really fun to see see Mac. You know, it, Patriots fans, you, you guys are going to be okay. Like Mac's a very good quarterback, and he showed that. You know, despite some limitations of this offense, that he can go. He's you know he's making rookie mistakes. Mac is. Mac is going to be okay. I had a lot of really good conversations with Pats fans this weekend. So, um, but that is that, huh? I don't believe you. <laughs> they were nice, man. They were nice. I don't know. They were, did they have Boston accents, or did they seem like they were trans, like like not trans? No, they were. There were a lot. There was a lot of Pats fans this weekend. Like it was, it was insane. It was insane the amount of Pats fans that traveled. Um, we were surprised everywhere we looked. Every time we turned around, whether it be a restaurant or hotel, um, down in Touchdown Town, the Colts Pro Shop, there was Patriots fans everywhere. So, 
Let's give this one last look, and we will move on to our Davis Mills play. All right, we're already starting off with the uh, the handoff there. Let's zip it back a little bit. There we go. Hasn't touched it yet, still won't. They're going to do a little reverse. Look at this, got some room. Doolin has it. Big speed from Doolin on the jet sweep. Yeah, Doolin's. You got to have jet motion in your offense in today's game. 100%. 100%. Especially with a threat. I mean, especially with a threat like JT in your backfield, too, it helps. Um, You know, it's the same as being on the pull off play action in a sense. Mm -hmm. When when you can, you know, when you have a really top end running back like. you know, like a Derrick Henry or, you know, just some of these other guys, a, a, a Zeke, and you can get a run. A, a, if you have a wide receiver talented enough to kind of pull something like that off and just just, yeah. just jet out and go, yep. your offense is dangerous. Uh, that's it's a it's a nice little touch to uh, to this offense. And honestly, Doolin's a little uh, he's an unsung hero. Going to be very very important on this uh, on this final stretch here uh, for the Colts playoff playoff push. They currently sit at the number five seed. So. That is exciting. All right, my man, moving on to the Texans and Jags game. What are we looking at here for Davis Mills? Why'd you like it so much? I liked it so much because we talked about the idea that maybe they have something and they don't have to take a quarterback. Uh, Last week we were talking about this, and maybe they do. And uh, this is not as far as, like, an athlete goes. This isn't him showing, like, yeah, he's growing as far as, pure athletic talent on the field at the quarterback position, but this is more understanding of the situation, more understanding of how to utilize the the field in a way that you can get a good playoff. So no, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, this is a, I, I, I like we said last week, I, I think Davis Mills has a lot, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential there and you get him with the right coaches um, you know, he, he, he could be something special. He's definitely, I think they're right in seeing, you know, as far as Houston goes, that Davis Mills being the better option to kind of see what they have Yeah, with them right now. Obviously I think there's a little bit more upside with, uh, with Davis Mills, but, um, but yeah, this is, I'm excited to see this one. I was actually sitting at the, at the bar with this game and there's a guy who, uh, um, we had next to so many famous people this weekend. Not to make it about me again, but he was, you know, he was asking us about taking the spread and stuff. This dude's like, he, he's wor- he designed like the, the Raiders stadium and the he lives uh-huh. out in LA and the, Ra- yeah, it, it was crazy, 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 crazy. So next to T.Y. Hilton's agent too this weekend too at the cool. stadium. That was pretty neat. But um, again, enough about me. But yeah, he was like, yeah, should we take the, should we take the Houston cover in the spread? Cause Jacksonville, I think was like six point favorites in this game and, and Texans took it to him, man. They took it to him. So, yeah. all right, let's watch this play unfold, and we'll uh, we'll get back and start to break it down. Pressure's coming. Mills throws one up for Dorsett. He's got him at the twenty and taken down at the twelve. Go ahead, Matt. Say it. It's a dime. <laughs> it, it was, was a, a dime. It was a nice dime. It Very was a nice, nice dime. Ball. A nice, beautiful, beautiful shiny ball. Nice shiny dime. Yeah. I was, I was like, I had like a proud dad moment, like watching this. I'm like, oh, bless your heart, Davis Mills. This, he's, he's grown. I, I've seen it. So, reason this has to Davis be Davis Dimes. Hmm. Davis Dimes. Davis Dimes. Is that that might Danny stick. Dimes? Oh, definitely. He's already better than Danny Dimes. 
No, he is. Oh, it's he just, is. Side note, Danny Dimes uh, shut off for the season. Neck injury. Yeah, sorry, dude. Yeah. It's all about to look. We'll be talking about you in a little bit. <laughs> uh, so here we go we're in our classic shotgun 11 personnel, and we're going to go with the trips bunch look here for the offense, for the Texans. And we got a nickel uh, personnel formation, but uh, given the all-out zero, uh, cover zero blitz look here, and uh, they stick with it. Uh, so that gives you man-to-man coverage, and it's clear as day. And in, I will say this about this play. When I when I watched it the first time, I loved the dime, but then when I watched it for the, the second, third, fourth time, I kept going back to, I'm going to show this play, and I, I like it a lot because of the touch, you know, the, the way that he understood how to beat the blitz, and he delivered a perfect ball. Like, all that's excellent. But I will say, you couldn't design a more obvious we're going man coverage here. And oh, you yeah. can even almost dictate exactly who's going with what receiver. You know what I mean? Like, the the guy closest to the line of scrimmage is taking the, the wide receivers on, on the line of scrimmage. And the other two guys are obviously taking the other two. So, yeah, as far is, as that that's... goes... That's I. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I was like, that's you didn't really disguise nothing on that, but okay, you can still make it work because you're you're counting on the cover. You're counting on just enough coverage for all those guys that are blitzing to get home. Right. You're. you're I mean, you're sending eight dudes for God's sakes. Like you, someone better get home. Um. But Davis Mills, smart guy, understands. I'm gonna get an all-out blitz here, so I need to take advantage. So let's let's roll it. And uh, I'll let you know when to stop it. All right. Let me uh, turn it down. Here we go. And now. Oh, click it just back a few. It's that delay with the internet. Ah, uh, okay. Internet, you're not perfect. Sorry to call you out. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. It's an anticipation throw that we're going to get here. So this ends up going to... Dorsett, I believe he said. Yes, Philip Dorsett. And he hit, he runs a perfect post corner. He, he sells the in uh, to the work to the inside of the field, but then he quickly breaks it back to the sideline. And that it's it's his route that sets it up perfect. But it's also on Davis Mills of you, using this, this the quick step back and then uh, a great just a perfect throw to drop it in the bucket. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, the, he's got a pretty good pocket. Um, you know, obviously right here, this line is doing yeah. really good. We're getting, we're getting a blitz over here and this is what kind of causes, uh, you know, that Davis is like, okay, all right, we gotta, we gotta get this thing off and we gotta throw it a little bit, but he's got a great pocket of space here for, for what mm-hmm. Jacksonville sent on that line. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just gets it off. Uh, you know, good timing, good, good awareness. I think he takes a little bit of a step back and then he kind of throws it off and it, the, one thing I noticed too, the fundamentals like it's not like a fundamental throw. It's not like planting your feet and, and kind of just getting set and going through your motions. It was just kind of it almost looked like a bit of a lob. Like it was really easy to throw this thing. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I mean, everything dictated how this ball had to be delivered. You know, the the collapsing pocket, not being able to step into your throw. You're gonna have to buy yourself a half a second because if he doesn't take. That like little shuffle step before he chucks the ball, uh, he's probably getting sacked, or the ball's getting stripped out, or something else that's awful. Correct. And instead, he he's able to get a pass off off his back foot 
falling away, but with enough body like memory, you know, muscle memory here to really have this dialed in. It, it seems like this might be something he's practiced in the, and you know what I mean? No, it doesn't, it's not natural. It's not ideal. And, uh, but it's maybe it's something that you can practice kind of like Steph Curry has done with his three ball. You know, right. he's, he's, he's practiced all sorts of goofy scenarios to get better at different situations. Uh, I know quarterbacks do this. I know, uh, I saw Jim Harbaugh and with a little promo for Mich- uh, Michigan, he was showing how he helped his quarterbacks get better with anticipation throws where they put up a big divider and they have a wide receiver start on one end and then he was running to the other and you have to throw the ball when you can't see the wide receiver. Right. You lose him for five yards. And that's kind of what this is too. This is a scenario where, you know, either you have this kind of stuff in you and you can practice these things and you can, you know, come up with the no look passes like Patrick Mahomes. These off script plays is what takes you from a, a good enough quarterback to a yes we can build around this guy and he can help propel this team because as far as i can tell other than the bills game and a handful of other games uh he's shown enough that he's he really will be your biggest problem on the field i'm not saying that he's your guy like yep i'm gonna be able to take on the elite quarterbacks no you're not he's not that it's not like going into battle with watson like they had you know going into battle with watson you feel okay uh, with who you have compared to who your opponents got at quarterback normally. But in this scenario, I would say Davis Mills projects to be like, I don't know, somewhere in like the 20s, you know, the 2023rd best quarterback in the league, 22nd. You know, I've definitely you, seen that. I've seen more spunk out of Davis Mills than I have Trevor Lawrence this year. I will definitely agree that he's, he seems to uh, understand – how to i don't know what it is about Trevor he's got superstar like mindset all the time yeah i mean obviously his coaching situation wasn't ideal but it is cool to see i mean right davis mills was a third round pick yes you know definitely not at the top of anybody's quarterback charts this uh this past year we all know who the uh you know the top 5 or that were yeah. drafted and mills yep. sank low for a reason right um, but he has he's underratedly shown one of the the better like um just understanding of NFL speed, NFL offense, especially on a team that bad too, which is even more impressive. I mean Davis he was Mills, a late riser I, though. Yes. In the draft process, he towards the end of the, the right up to the last few days before the draft, you started seeing him leaked as like a end of the first round, second round guy. And I saw like the Patriots like tied to him and stuff like that. So the the book on him was always we think that his right now football will look good enough that you get excited for the future, but what kind of ceiling does he have? Right. That's the biggest thing with Davis Mills, I think, is just based on who he is as far as built wise. I he just he's not gonna develop the arm strength that maybe he's needed to compete, but at the same time, I don't know, man. I we just watched the Bucks get lose nine nothing, and like we just watched the Lions take down the Cardinals. So who knows in this league? You really don't. But all right, let's yeah, let's continue watching this thing. Yeah, it is a dime, and yeah, he got the one on one coverage that he needed. That was you know a lot of trust here. Dorsett, I I don't even know if Dorsett's been on this team for a, for the like all this season. I feel like he got cut from somewhere earlier this year, like maybe like uh, a month or so ago. 
I could be mistaken, but Dorsett has bounced around the league for a little while. I know he was drafted in Indy. I think he went to New England. I want to say he was at Seattle at some point, but he's bounced around, and this just takes amazing, uh, you know, chemistry, trust, this thing. It can be very much underthrown. You know, he's looking for this ball. All it takes is a little readjustment here by the uh, Jags defender uh, to maybe get this thing, but it is it's it is very, very well placed uh, on the part of Davis Mills. Yeah, it's a dime. Yep. Yeah, post-corner routes are just as much anything in anticipation throw because when you is at its finest is when you're hitting them in the mid break, kind of where you have a stopped right there. Yeah. Where you had a stopped right there is like when he is mid break between the cuts that's, and you release it and you time it out. Perfect. That's what happens is what happens with Davis Mills are here. Yeah. That's all it was too. Half a step, half a step. And, uh, that wideout's not looking, and I think that's the biggest thing, man. Um, I kind of knocked Gabe Davis on this. Uh, he had a great game this week for the Bills, but he looked back on a ball too early, and it gave the corner a chance to make a play on the ball. So that got to take some ownership on that too. So, No, for sure. And for our audio listeners, uh, I don't think we discussed the time and set up at what we're looking at here. Um Houston was up twenty, yeah, twenty to ten at this point. Twelve and nine left in the third quarter, and it was third and seven, and they hit him with a deep ball. So, um, just so you're kind of paying attention to that. With the play clock almost running out. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty dang close. Pretty dang close. Uh, let's if watch. That was the Bills. They would have flagged us. Just <laughs> let's uh, take a look, look at this one more time, and then we will move on to our first defensive play. All right, here we go. Pressure's coming. Mills throws one up for Dorsett. Yeah, that was very, very nice. You know, good anticipation, I think, is the, the biggest thing, right? We all always talk about these quarterbacks who can't anticipate the blitz. Well, if they're stacking eight, nine in the box or however many they had, um, pretty good awareness mm-hmm. by uh, Davis Mills to be like, all right, I just got to get this thing up. There's no safety valve for him either. No, that that's that's the important thing of this play too is that there's no safety valve for him, so, and the coverage is so good on these two, right? Yeah. The two that were backed up, that it's Dorsett or Sack, and uh, dude made a play. Dude made a big time play. So phenomenal, phenomenal work by Davis Mills. I think he's going to be um, not too shabby going forward. I'm excited for I'm excited for his future. I, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, not some kind of legend dude, but a guy who can find his way around the league for at least, you know, I think he'd be a bounce around backup guy for, you know, a good five, five year stretch. If he hits his ceiling, like I said, he, he can, he can max out as like a fringe, you know, low twenties guy. Yes. No, I certainly think so. Um, all right, let's move on to some defensive stuff. Of course, as I said, I wanted to take a look at, uh, uh, our everybody's favorite lovable losers, the Detroit Lions, getting their dub over the Arizona Cardinals this past weekend. Lovable uh, winners. Well, yeah, I mean now they're lovable winners now, but <laughs> they, I think they just coughed up the first overall draft pick too. I think. Yeah, the Jaguars have it. Jaguars have it again. Yep. That's bad. <laughs> That's so bad. Not on Detroit's part. Like you know, you, you play to win the game, but. 
Jacksonville, how are you going to draft the first overall draft pick, a, a supposedly franchise-changing quarterback, and then find your ass back in the first overall draft pick again? That's It's necessary. That's awesome. It is. No, it definitely is. That's how is. bad they are. It's necessary. It definitely is. What am I saying? They beat my team. I should shut up. <laughs> so, They're amazing. Yeah, Super so Bowl. good. So good. Yeah, Super Bowl. Um, so our situation right now for the Lions, uh, well, Arizona's on offense. All right, they're struggling. They're down 10 to nothing. Well, Lions are up 10 nothing. Uh, 14 minutes, 10 seconds left in the uh, in the first half, in the second quarter. And it is third and five. And, uh, yeah, Arizona's on uh, kind of like the 30 and a half. They're not quite at the 31, but uh, they're between the 30 and 31. They're on 30 and 31 yard line. And, uh, yeah, haven't been able to get things going. And what I wanted to spotlight with this is this defense and kind of just really what they were doing to Kyler Murray and and Arizona to make him seem so obsolete. I'm, you know, there's, there's a special charm about what Dan Campbell has been able to bring out of these players this year. Cause man, when they're on, they're on, they play good. They, they play with a lot of heart. All right. I'm that I'm on Ross St. Brown just had his like third straight, really good game. They drug, they sent him for a drug test. All right. He's doing good things. All right. I don't think a whole lot of Detroit Lions players are getting sent for drug tests this year. Uh, but I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, definitely got one. He got a big touchdown. Um, but but yeah. So for Detroit, this is a, this is a pretty cool scenario. So let's uh, let's take a look, watch and listen uh, and see how this play unfolds. I'll start to break it down for you. Kyler Murray to throw it. Look in and sack. Charles Harris. A man on fire. Yeah, I heard his name come up quite a few times this uh, uh, watching highlights for this game. Charles Harris. Yeah, let's just bump it back just a smidge. All right. So what I liked about this play, and this is it, like there's there's two there's two aspects there's two facets to this this play. One, Detroit did a very very good job disguising coverage. Fantastic job disguising coverage. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people in the box. Four of them went after the quarterback. The other four went back into coverage. Very, very. I mean, that's 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 a good way to throw it off. And I mean, that's something that's definitely you know noteworthy. Um, third and five. Uh, I mean, why would they send the house on? On you know, why would they send a house on a play like this? It's Kyler Murray. You know, he can get that touchdown or just push the chain, get a first down. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, it, it was it, again. We'll watch. We'll watch that again in just a moment. Um, Kyler does miss a potential first down, though. So that's not good. That wasn't that wasn't too shabby. We'll, we'll show that too. Here is your personnel situation. The Cardinals have eleven personnel. This is shotgun, bunch tight end, trips left. All right. So what the bunch tight end thing means that well, it, it's basically trips left. We've we've said that 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 scheme formation a billion times on this show, um, but the tight ends just on the uh, just on the other side, and we got our our wide receivers on the left hand side. For uh, for Detroit, they are in a, in a dime defense. It is man coverage, and uh, it's disguised as cover two. All right, 
It's disguised as cover two. Like we said, we have eight people here. There's nine, and there's two people, uh, two two defenders in the back off camera. And, you know, if you see this in your Kyler Murray, you're like, wow, look at all that wide open green over there by the 40-yard line, right? The 40-yard line between the 30 and 40-yard line. You know, find Ertz, get somebody over there and just just take it. Uh, but this is the masterfulness of disguising defensive coverage, and it really, really, really threw Kyler Murray for a loop. Um, and I'll show you what I mean in a second. Let me mute that. All right, let's get the ball hiked, and here we go. We got our four defenders pulling off, pulling off the line. Okay. Um, they did look at this little fake like they were kind of going in and then backed off. It was a little – it just kind of maybe helped sell it. But as you can see, they're all over these these you know Christian Kirk, um, everybody. They they have this this supposedly vacant area pretty well covered at this point. Um, but yeah, their guys pull off and they're sending they're sending four defenders here. All right, wait, one, two, three, four. Oh, excuse me, five. So they pulled three off. My apologies. Um, you know they, they sent another guy in just a little late. Had a little delayed blitz there. All right. This is where Kyler messes up. All right, I think it's the, all the chaos of the of the, the the pocket collapsing, but he has. I think that's Christian Kirk, number thirteen, right there on a little uh, crossing pattern. All right, uh, this guy is double covered right here. All right, I shouldn't just point. I should. Yes, I'm circling, circling <laughs> the screen. Um, for our visual watchers. This guy's double covered right here. Christian Kirk is fast enough where if Kyler hits him in stride, that thing's going up. And you're getting a first down and then some. I'm not sure what Kyler Murray was looking at here. All right. I'm sure the disguise coverage threw him off a little bit, but Kirk is wide open right yep. now. And like I said, if you throw that ball, you know, a, a foot or two in front of him, just a little bit in front of him, mm-hmm. he's gone in stride. You're getting at least right, you know, you get at least 10, 10 to 15 yards on that. Um, but, yeah, he, like, freezes. He doesn't – he's looking. And I think by the time he realizes – he doesn't even realize it. Uh, yeah, Detroit's just got him. All right, they're a little – they're five-man rush. Uh, you know, just kind of – it gets him good. Gets him from behind. And that's that's the kind of stuff that, that helped Detroit win um, this game. All right, obviously, you got to score points. you got to put points on the board. The offense did that. But to be able to hold a team, granted, no DeAndre Hopkins, but there's still a good offense with James Conner and, uh, I mean, just everybody. This is still a very good offense. Um, to do that to them, yeah, to be able to shut them down from your defense, and we all know Detroit's not even close to being a top-half defense, right? They're probably, like, bottom 10, I would dare so say. Yeah, probably close. Probably pretty close. Uh, to, to scheme this up and, and be able to, and this isn't just like one instance, this kind of stuff happened all game long, all game long. And just Kyler just looked completely overwhelmed, but yeah, and they got him and they got him good. So, well, it seems like they've won the line in the battle of the line of scrimmage. That's the, I mean, that's definitely the most important thing. Um, yeah. definitely the most important thing. Yeah. Oh, I see what happened. He backed off and then came forward. That's what happened. <clears throat> yeah, a little, a uh, little de- delayed blitz. He got picked up though, but it was just, yeah, just, just too much. Kirk is wide open. This is a bad, bad read on, uh, on Kyler Murray's part. But yeah, the disguise coverages. I always love to to kind of break those down and, and talk about them because 
Um, you know, if you're at any level, your quarterback he, pre-snap reads right are a huge, huge thing, and and some quarterbacks they get those pre-snap reads like they like what they see. Yeah, and then the defense throws you through a loop like that. How do you recover? Yeah, it's a little intimidating. So, yeah, um, and I'm also not I'm not going to try and take take a shot at Kyler here, but I mean, at some point his height does come into play. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Because the average defender that is in his face right now is at least six two. I'm guessing. You know what I mean? They're like four inches taller than him, at least five inches taller than him. So when it, there's chaos in the pocket like that, and he's he's a lot, you know, has a tougher time probably reading the field. It it he probably does rely on his first reads more than uh, other quarterbacks. Oh, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure yeah. he does. You know, he's so used to just having a Hopkins, right? Just to kind of throw it up to and and be all right. I, yeah, this is uh, this is a rookie mistake. Definitely a rookie mistake for for Kyler Murray here. So let's watch it well, one he more. Ain't no rookie. Come on, Kyler. He's not. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Um, so let's watch this one more time. We'll jump to our final defensive play. Kyler Murray to throw it. Look in. It's sacked. Charles Harris. I also think the pocket kind of goofed him. What's that? I think the pocket kind of goofed him up a little bit, too. Probably a little bit. He because did plenty of time to make looked, that. It kind of looked okay to start. It did. I mean, but again, one, um, two, three, four. You know, that's three to four seconds that his line kind of gave him. And yeah. Kirk was open by then. It looked like he was going for some kind of deep shot. I, I I don't know. You didn't have to. You didn't have to do that. And you play the intermediate game. Um, and, of course, I'm just some kind of couch potato guy who just looks at this stuff and gives his opinions on it. But, uh, but again, they gave him almost three and a half to four seconds of, uh, you know, of, of, of pocket time, just time to make a decision. And Kyler's got to be quicker than that. So got to be quicker than that. So, all right, let's. Uh, so that is that play. Let us move on to our. Oh, your face is cut off. <laughs> Tilt your camera up. There we go. All right. Sorry. Much better. All good. Let's move on to our final play. We're going to look at uh, the Saints and Buccaneers from last night. Uh, Cam Jordan strip sack. Cam Jordan strip sack. Cam Jordan with a career day of what has already been a very. Great, uh, about, I don't know how to even frame him. He's he's gonna flirt. People are gonna talk about him as one of those guys that uh, is like a legacy Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Right. They're gonna be one of those guys like, what about Cam Jordan? He was really good back in the day. So he he I don't know what got into him, but he took over this game and he literally was the player of the game. Crazy man that Saints swept uh, Tampa Bay last two years with or without yep. Brady. Uh, not, I was not expecting that. I was definitely not expecting that, but yeah. First shut out in 255 starts for, for Brady. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long, long time. So saints pulled a uh, masterful performance together without their coach, Kevin James. I mean, Sean Payton, uh, and <laughs> the movie <laughs> that nobody asked for, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so all right, let's uh, let's take a look at this play and situation. It is the third quarter, one minute sixteen seconds left. One minute sixteen seconds left. Third and seven, I believe the score is tied at. Is it New Orleans up six nothing? I can't tell. Defense has been on the thing. They are yeah. Yeah. Feel a lot. Fifteen more plays. Yeah. 
Brady, pressure, gets out. He's going to run for it again. Jordan forced the fumble. Nice and the Saints recover with Lattimore. Yeah, Brady had no business doing all of that. You don't like TB Mobile? After T-Mobile? three yards, he should have he should have got down. Yeah, he got down. You got too much confidence running all over the Bills' defense last week. You know, I think he's Lamar Jackson or something. I guess so. At forty-five years old, he thinks he's Lamar Jackson. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, let's start to break this thing down. What are we looking at personnel-wise? Personnel-wise, is a shotgun, shotgun doubles wing tight end. What do you guys think of that one? Shotgun doubles, wing tight end. Yeah, looked this one up, and I was like, I like that. That's a fun term. Yeah, so they got the the two wide receivers stacked at the top of your screen and the uh, 11 uh, personnel. Then you got Gronk lined up in the wing uh, spot, and then you have, um, oh, crap, what's his name? That's Scotty Miller. It is. Scotty Miller's down at the bottom. They used to do this stuff all the time with, like, Edelman. They would single him up. Because what I don't know if he ends up doing it because the play goes to crap immediately. But <laughs> <laughs> they they used to. I, I'm pointing, and I know everyone's like seeing like my finger just like come at the screen. But uh, they, they used to just bring Edelman like in a, like across, you know, that just a quick little yes or whatever like that into space. Because the idea being that you can use your other receivers to draw everyone out to the sidelines or just down the field towards the end zone. And then you have all this underneath stuff for your quick shifty guy to operate in space. So it would be a good idea to do that. No, for sure. Yeah, I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, a little just just going between the seams, draw them off over here with these two and so on and so forth. So all right. Uh all right, let's start to break this thing down. <laughs> I almost had some visitors. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I miss them. Um. All right. Let's. Uh, and then on, oh, on defense, we're we're rocking. Uh, what I believe is, um, nickel. But the, because of the way they're all crowded at the line, I was having a tough time figuring it out. Yeah. Let's see. One, two, three, four. F- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, they definitely seven have four line. secondary players. Oh, definitely. That we can see. So. Definitely. All right, let's uh, let's take a look at how this this uh, this starts to break down. You let me know when it's yeah. stop. Yeah, try and catch it when he has to evade the first guy coming up the edge, number right. ninety two. All right, right tackle gets flat beat, which is concerning because that's uh, worth, and he's literally like one of the best linemen in the league. Yeah, so for him to get burned here is just not good. That that sets the tone for the rest of this play. Yeah, the right um, guards kind of like it's bad. That 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 was not a good pocket at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so right here, ninety two gets his, the first chance at a strip sack. Um, doesn't quite come up with it, but Brady still keeps his eyes downfield, but he can't get out and flick it away like he used to. So all he does now is when things are bad, he literally just runs as fast as he can straight up the field. So, which, you know, I would do much worse, obviously. I'm going to just run upfield. <laughs> well, yeah, we have to take acknowledge at this point, too. Not that it matters, next man up, but I think Fournette's out at this point. 
Uh, Godwin might be hurt. Fournette's like a nice safety blanket. I know you have Rojo, but he's yeah. not quite Leonard Fournette. So, yeah, Brady evades a tackle. And, yeah, this punch out. 94. This is 94, actually, the same that's, guy who had him on the edge. Well, that's Cam Jordan, so he's coming from the other side. Right. He had him. Yeah, he had him on the edge over here, and he does that. Uh, the punch out, man. It's really it's it's so cool seeing players do this thing now. Punch the ball forward. Miller's almost there to pick it up. Yeah. But yeah, that's a that's a beautiful punch out. It's, it's a really good when you're trying to tackle from behind. It's a pretty uh pretty solid way to get get things done. Yeah, there it is, right there. Little punch. Stop running, Brady. I know. Take care of yourself. Yeah, look at that. Look at that chase, man. He already got beat on the on the evade. Like he's said, he's thinking he's setting up this guy to to you know shake him. He's gonna he's gonna hit him with the the shifty hips, and I'm gonna get past him. Like, bro, you know that defensive linemen are faster than you, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, for our visual list watchers who um, are watching us on YouTube or Facebook, yeah, take a look at 94 right right here. All right, 94 is on the outside edge. He gets blocked away, and look at him in hot pursuit and then gets that punch out. Yep. That's, that's why you don't give up. That's why it's, you don't give up. Well, that's what makes him, you know, a, a guy that we'll talk about as his career comes to an end and he moves on. Is he going to be one of those guys that gets brought up? Every now and then, it's like, hey, what about this guy? Right. You know, I'm sure he's very popular in the you know Saints community, and he should be. He's a phenomenal player, uh, a huge steal where they got him. You know, to, to to be able to get the production out of him, I think he was a um a, a late second round pick. Okay. So like a French, like a French, uh, third round pick to get the the kind of sack production this guy gives you is ridiculous. So the heart yeah. and soul of that defense for sure. You know they. It's it's just like J.J. Watt was for the Texans. It's just like, you know, um, name it, whatever. You, you guys got Darius Leonard. There's that right. always one guy who seems like he's always giving it all, and he's going to lead by example. You know, he's going to inspire others just by his play. And I, I loved it. I loved watching him. It wasn't just people like, yeah, I love when Brady loses. I'm like, I honestly could care less if the Buccaneers had won that game. But I liked that the saints and just losing your head coach and everything's just kind of going to crap this season. And the one thing I will say about that game though, is Alvin Kamara needs to watch his attitude. He's acting a little too, uh, superstar privileged, uh, drama queen out there for my liking. Oh. Well, Taysom Hill sucks. I get it, dude, but it's like everyone else is trying here. Can you, Put out the same kind of effort. Right. He was like kind of calling him out and stuff like that. And I was like, oh god, this is gonna get ugly fast. Oh, was it as a motivator? Was it as a motivator, or was it just douchebaggy? I, I didn't. It, I fell asleep it before. Didn't, it didn't seem like he's trying to get him to play better. It just seems he's just yelling at him because he sucks. I got. Gotcha. He does. You know, he's terrible. He's not wrong. Just signed Philip Rivers. All right. Um, there it is, everybody. There's our four film room uh, looksies. All right. Uh, a lot of fun stuff to look at here, but we are not done yet. It is time for the Losers Club. All right. I wish we had a sound for it. I can make up a sound. Maybe a toilet flushing sound. <laughs> just like just just. 
Yeah. The Losers Club. Uh, (laughs) Let's start with the Giants today. I've been wanting to talk about the Giants for uh, a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they have been, I think they've had losing seasons five of the last six years. I think that's the... uh, that's the new thing. At least ten losses. I think five of the last six years. I, I read somewhere. No. So they're uh, they're pretty terrible. So uh, Brian, what is the first thing you are looking to do when it comes to the uh, the Giants this off season? Well, I'd like to say that I believe in uh, Joe. Just Joe Judge, right? Joe Judge. Yep. Joe Judge, not Mike Judge. He's the guy that brought us Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> And King of the Hill. Yes. God bless him. Um, I personally think I would want a new fresh start, new GM, new head coach, new quarterback, new everything. Uh, it sounds like John Mara, right? That's his name, the owner? The owner, uh, yeah. He's getting ready to move on from Gettleman. It sounds like he wants to keep Judge, and it's pr- yeah, probably just going to be Gettleman getting the axe, which is always a weird scenario. Um, unless they do something that the Bills did, which is if Joe Judge has somebody in mind, a personnel guy that he's comfortable with, that has like a, a good same mind, like mentality as him, then maybe I would advocate for that. I would just like to try and find some sort of consistency and, and cohesiveness in the front office and the head coach, because it doesn't seem like the ideologies are on the same page. Um, and then and then the next thing is, I mean, that we'll find out if they fire their coach. They're probably not going to. Um, but then the next thing is immediately going to be, you need a quarterback. You, you, you whiffed. Like, I get it. I don't blame them. You know, it, it wasn't like a, a... Well, they didn't have a whole lot to choose from. If you really think no. back and put things into perspective, it was either Dwayne Haskins or, or Daniel Jones. And if you need a quarterback, well... Yeah, <laughs> I, Daniel Jones was the better pick. Yeah. yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But uh, yeah, his tenure has not been uh, been been very good, uh, not at all. And he might have he there's a chance he might have played his last snaps in 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 New York at this point. Yep. Yep. So so I think that if they really want to reset this, they should be one of the teams that is actively pursuing the whole Deshaun Watson thing. As that gets revved up again in the off season, somebody mentioned Russ. Somebody's mentioned Russ that Russ is looking to get moved, and he could yep. be looking for Russ and Sierra. How could like New York City is so appealing? And sure. I think he, I think he changes that culture instantaneously if they can do that. But, I uh, I recently started thinking of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, because it seems like he wants out, and it does seem like he enjoys being a little more of a celebrity nowadays than he used yes to be. No, I don't know if Rogers could handle New York city media. That's the only thing that draws me back from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what I mean? That that kind of area type media, he'd already hates the media as it is. Why would he want to go to New York city? That's, well, the, only, that's, kinda, the, that's the only counterpoint I can think yeah. of that. Well, he kind of dictates his own media right now. Right. Cause he's, he appears in the Pat McAfee show weekly. Right. He, he does his, his spots and stuff and knows where, and what were dictates where and when he's going to show up places. And that probably wouldn't change in New York. I don't think, I mean, they would want him to, but at the same time, it's, 
he's not a nobody coming to New York City like a rookie. He's Aaron freaking Rodgers. Right. Who just broke uh, or tied the record for Packers touchdown passes, right? Um, did you see the full stand on it? Do you, do you know this already? I don't know it 100%. Okay. So it's a ridiculous number, Favre, though. Yeah, for 442 was the number. Okay. All right. Aaron Rodgers has thrown 93 interceptions to 442 touchdowns or whatever. Yes, I didn't know that part. I, that, I, which is bonkers. Yeah. Now, Matt, uh, a quick little game here. I had Chrissy guess my wife. Um, can you guess how many picks uh, Brett Favre threw in almost the exact same amount of I, time? I know he's over 300. Uh, it's, it's not it's over like, 300, but it is a lot. It isn't over. Th- I thought it was like. I saw 223. That's the number. Oh, okay. That's, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but no. even still the difference, I was like, damn. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think they need a, I would vote in the, if I was a part of the organization, uh, I would say, Hey, let's get a vet in here. I don't want to try and draft somebody this year. We just did this. It hasn't gone well. We need, they need good footing. Like right. you can still draft a quarterback this year, but I'm saying like, bring a guy in that's actually going to start now and then draft a guy and let him groom, get groomed under one of these veteran dudes. Cause they should be able to pull some people in. I would think possibly, I mean, it is New York city. Yeah. Again, that's, that's where, what it's always going to go back to right now. Cause the New York team, New Jersey, New Jersey. Yeah. I know. <laughs> New York city teams are not good right now. They're not good. They're terrible. Yeah. But it is New York City, the Big Apple, the bright lights. That's the appeal, your brand, uh, all that jazz that's going to come into play. So as far as marketing or getting a vet in, that doesn't totally surprise me. It doesn't totally surprise me if they can pull somebody in. But who? I don't know. Right. Um, I, I think Russ or Rodgers are, are definitely you know intriguing. And outside of that, uh, the free agency classes upcoming year does not look good, so they might have to put – some type of trade package together. Mm-hmm. All right. And I am in the camp that the Giants should trade Saquon Barkley this year, this offseason, get rid of him. They're going to take a hit in the cap. Well, they haven't set an extension yet. It's all, it's still, he's still on his rookie contract. Well, if they haven't picked up his fifth year option, then right. can they actually trade him? I don't know. They'd have to pick it up and then trade him, and then he would be, he would be traded. Oh, yeah, you're right. Year. So that's yeah. fair. Which that's... is possible. I mean, they could totally still do that. You you have until May to decide on that, I think. Yeah. That's the timeline. This is, is, uh, I think this is year number four. Yep, same draft class as Josh Allen and them. This is his fourth year. Uh, and I'm sorry, Giants fans, but uh, Saquon Barkley is injury prone. And listen, I was watching the game yesterday, uh, them play against Dallas, and there were glimmers. Of what Saquon has, you know, what Saquon can do. But I think it's a nice advertising tape for whoever should trade for him. Yeah. Uh, the Giants need to start fresh, and you have to get, in order to start fresh, you have to get rid of assets that um, just aren't, you know, that you can get something for, for, but maybe not necessarily working for you. And aside from, I think, his rookie year and maybe 2019, and I think 2019, uh, Saquon has been largely quiet over the last two years, injury prone as as ever. Always something new 
freak athlete who just can't stay on the field. And that is not something that you want to have to shell out uh, running back money for right now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, going forward, it's 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 either probably the fifth-year option or contract extension. Do You you don't want to pay uh, a guy who's already injury-prone. Christian McCaffrey money, who's become injury-prone since his contract extension. Or you know, some of these other, you know, some of these other really good, I mean, the running back market has been off for the last couple, last five years. Everybody's pushing, pushing for new heights, new big time salaries, and the running backs have not helped their cases at all. Todd Gurley, perfect example. Yeah. C-Mac. Uh, Zeke. Uh, Zeke. Zeke is another one who's dropped. I mean, he's still not bad, but his production has been uh you know, relatively lackluster stat-wise, he's not doing yep. a whole lot for the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. You do not want to get stuck in that contract right now. You have to move on from Saquon Barkley. Get what you can from him. Um, I don't think you get a first-round pick back for him. I don't <clears> think you get that at this point. Uh, maybe a third, maybe a second, and some kind of some kind of package. But you're not getting a first, to me, a first-round uh, pick for him at this point. Yeah, I would actually. Um, if you're go, if you're gonna bring if they bring in the vet quarterback, I say you hold on to Saquon because you want to tell your your new signed veteran superstar quarterback or traded for quarterback that we're we're gonna win. And it's hard to tell them that they're gonna win if you're gonna trade away one of your best players. You know what it I mean? Is, that's the thing, though. Is like I. That's like more, like in fantasy. I feel like it's a name value thing at this point. When I, he's I think, on the field and the and the passing game is clicking, I would think that he could be a, a part of a winning team, right? And right. a reason why they're winning. But when he's the only thing that's doing anything, plus he's doing it at like seventy percent because he's beat up all the time. If he's not in, when he's not playing hurt, he's out because he's hurt. Yeah. Like that's literally his career right now. It's it goes from okay, he's nicked up, but he's playing. Well, that's still not great. You know, you don't you you'd rather have your your running backs be not dealing with soft tissue injuries all the time, which he seems to unfortunately deal with. Right. Um, he's not alone. Like we've watched Julio Jones, he cannot stay healthy right now. The soft tissue injuries is ruining the end of his career. It sucks. Um, but. Promising for the Giants because they have two first-round picks because of the Chicago Bears trading up to get Justin Fields last year. Right. So they they own the Bears' first-round pick. So they have back-to-back first-round picks right now as far as the standings go. Uh, it obviously can change based on when they win or lose and if the Bears win or lose. But right now, if the draft happened this weekend, uh, the, <laughs> the Bears and the, the Giants' picks would be back-to-back, which is – Kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of neat. And then outside of quarterback, which is obvious, and outside of needing just a better coaching and better talent acquisition out of a GM, uh, a specific position, uh, you hate to say it, but you got to go wide out again, I think. Yeah. Because I don't think this – I don't think the Galladay experiment's going to work, and I think you're going to have to get out of that contract. Which is a bad contract. That's a four, isn't that for like four? Is that a four year deal? It's a, it's at least four years, and it's it's. They just got out of the was, golden he tape was paid one as a top years. five wideout, I believe. Yeah, yeah. They just got he out of the golden He makes more than Steph Diggs. Oh my god! 
Yeah, who yeah. signed a pretty decent deal like three years ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the Gilman, uh, bad dude. He's it's, bad. It, no, he's it's he definitely yeah. Bad is an understatement. Um, so wide receiver, I wholeheartedly agree that that needs yep. to be the, the, you know, the quarterback wide receiver. I think the offense more so I've seen glimmers of hope in the defense. I think the last couple of years, the defense has been respectable. Um, yeah. you know, they're able to hold teams, uh, to X amount of points, but the yeah. offense just has not been able to put points on the board and capitalize it. That is, I think been their biggest crutch, uh, yeah. over the last just, couple of years. You're hundred percent correct. And just look at this weekend. Look what they did to Dallas. You know, they held them 21 points with an offense that could not stay on the field. So the defense was constantly on the field, and they still only gave up 21 points. That's impressive. No, it is. It is. So, yeah, we've got to get that offense churning again. That is a – it's it's critical for this, uh, you know, for this Giants team to kind of just get any sort of traction, you know, going forward, get any sort of traction going forward and – and, and and finding success, but yeah, it's an important one. Is there anybody uh, out of this upcoming draft class that you really think that they should uh, they should target? Who, as far as wideout goes specifically? Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll go with that because they're definitely not drafting a quarterback this year. Well, if they okay, well the the names if you run on top quarterback are Sam Howell is thought of as a first round pick out of North Carolina. He's Kind of vanilla, not very exciting. I mean, that's a that's a lateral move though. If they do something like that, I that's agree. Like, yeah, actually, it, that would be. You know what? Giants fans more than anyone would be pissed off because they're like, "Well, we already tried this North Carolina. We you know experiment once. We already we already brought a guy that came from that school. We don't want this guy, right? Um, or did he go to Duke? I'm oh no, uh, Jones is Duke. Jones is Duke. All right. So I don't know if you're so talking about one of their other below-average uh, ACC teams. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we don't want quarterbacks from anyone, any place that's not Clemson. <laughs> Although Kenny Pickett, who goes, who went to Pitt and is coming out this year, is now thought of as the potentially first quarterback taken. Mm. Um, does that mean that he heartily deserves to be picked in the first round? Uh, I'm not completely sold yet. But some people I trust in the draft community like him. Um, but wideouts, um, you got Traylon Burks uh, in Arkansas. If you want a guy that actually is going to play like you wanted Kenny Galladay to play, yeah, uh, a, a physical box a mile, contested catches kind of guy, uh, Burks will give you that all day. He is a monster when the ball's in the air. Um, you got the two wideouts coming out of um, Ohio State with Alave and Garrett Wilson. Uh, Alave, just picture Terry McLaurin 2.0, almost identical players in the way that they really each up in the intermediate, and it's their breaks. It's the ins and outs and the routes. Their cuts are f- fantastic. Their footwork and their routes are fantastic. And then uh, Wilson is the is the burner. Um, so there's two guys there. There's, and there's two more wideouts coming out of Alabama. Um, that you can watch play here on New Year's Eve coming up in a week, uh, a little over a week. Uh, yeah, that's as far as offense goes. And then, and then defense, I would say they probably go secondary, um, and they would be in position to take one of the the first cornerbacks, seeing as they're sitting at like the fifth spot or sixth spot, something like that. Right, pretty early. And they're hard guys. Okay. 
All right. And well, the game for tonight has started. It has. I just got the notification for it. That is uh, that is exciting. Bunch of Chiefs players went on going on the COVID list, too. Oh, boy. Travis, the league's going to have to shut down. Travis Kelsey, Butker. Um, yeah, interesting. Let's uh, let's take a look at uh, – let's move on to the Panthers now, who I – you guys just did a loser's club on them last year, and uh, I think I feel like we're back to square one. You got it, pal. You, <laughs> you nailed it. There's uh, it, nothing new here. They didn't listen. No, there isn't. Uh, their defense is awesome. I have to give their defense so much credit. I was watching the the Bills game yesterday, and you know the Panthers gave a lot of good looks. You know they they played Buffalo very tough. Of course, they lost the field position battle a couple times going for it on fourth down and stuff. But man, that Carolina defense is really really good. And this is another team if their offense can get going, they're they're playoff contenders. I, I don't I don't know what to do. I, I I don't know what to say for Carolina. Their quarterback situation is bad. Um, their very highly paid running back is always hurt. Um, how else do we go about this? I mean, they're got good wide receivers. They've attempted to put quality receivers out there. With They've Robbie done a good Anderson job, I think. With, yeah, I you know Anderson's a good deep threat. DJ Moore's really good. Um mm-hmm. and there's you know a couple other little pieces, younger pieces that are just kind of coming too. They just yeah. need a quarterback to feed him the ball. And that's like yeah, that's 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 important. But they're not. Well, I'll one. be curious to see down the stretch here if we get to see Sam Darnold again. <sighs> I'm out on Darnold. <laughs> I, I we're supposed am to too, as far as I know that he can't be a franchise quarterback. Right. But that doesn't mean that you don't have him on the team next year. And I think you still need to understand if he's that. Is he even because if you're so bad, you want him out just because of how bad it's gone. But if he's okay, you know what I mean? Then you keep him because it's it's not a bad idea to have a, a quarterback around that has that kind of experience already. Because he's four years in, so right. at, four, at four years, you know, you're if you cut ties, he's still going to get signed somewhere else, anyways. I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah. So, quarterback, if we have already said through these last three weeks, is not great for this draft class. It's going to be guys that if they end up hitting, it's going to be for a lot of reasons of right scenario and just, you know, being coached up and making the best of a not so ideal situation. But I mean, I'm trying to think of what they, who would be the first team that takes a quarterback in this draft. So the Jacksonville is not taking one. No. Detroit. Might. Detroit's probably gonna be the first one to take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they should. Yeah. But, Houston um, yeah. probably. Well, well, well. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. here's where the Panthers are at. That they are a quarterback needy team. That I don't think they can get to a quarterback. Because here's a like, I don't see anyone trading out of the top five this year. Because they don't want to miss out on whatever positional player outside of quarterback 
that you know what I mean they don't want to the, the Jaguars would be foolish to trade out of the first spot so would be whoever ends up having the second spot because pass rushers are a premium and there's two good ones this year at the top of the draft and then you add in that you have some real playmakers at wideout you have some real difference makers on the offensive line um a, a, a left tackle out of Alabama um his name's not Davis, but anyways, um, but there's there's guys that deserve to be picked in the fit on the top five. So if there's only one quarterback that everyone needs to be worth a first pick, let's say it's Kenny Pickett from Pitt, um, then I don't see how Carolina gets to pick their quarterback. You're too far out. You're you won't have a swing at it. So they're at they're in quarterback purgatory, Matt, as uh, you know all too well, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I certainly uh, do. It's tough, right? Because the thing is, right now, they're still paying Teddy Bridgewater, right? They're still paying Teddy Bridgewater. They're paying Darnold this year, and they're paying yeah. Cam Newton an exorbitant amount of money this but, year. Did they actually have to pay Cam a lot, or did they, they want to? I think they didn't. Did they have to? No, but I think they, I think they gave him like a ten million dollar contract. <laughs> I think I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but they gave him. A pretty nice contract that was that was. I mean, it was a little incentive heavy, but not as incentive heavy as the Patriots. Yeah. It wasn't as incentive heavy as the Patriots one was. He played so bad, I was really shocked we didn't see any PJ Walker. He bad too. He's bad, real bad right now. So. Oh, I know, but that's how bad Cam was against the Bills. Yeah, it was. It was all right the first quarter, first, but yeah. He can't throw past like ten yards. I know he's. Super Cam, uh, <laughs> Colts should have signed Super Cam. I I will always say that he was the best and worst thing that ever happened to the NFL because it it made this emphasis on quarterbacks can be a weapon like even bigger, you know, right. than other quarterbacks have been. But at the same time, now we see all these quarterbacks running around and putting their bodies on the line. Like, who was I watching yesterday? And, he, like, a quarterback that had no reason. Oh, yeah, well, we did Brady. But <laughs> um, someone else, too, that had no business running, and they, they put their shoulder down. I'm like, what are you thinking? Like, I've seen Jared Goff do it. Like, who do you think? You're not Cam Newton, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like, and Josh Allen does it all the time. He's like, oh, guys, can you please stop? <laughs> There's only one Cam Newton, all right? And, yeah. and, and we've seen what's happened to him. He's He's beaten down. The man's body is done. Yeah, unfortunately, his his road is is done. You know, and it's not an enticing place for veterans, obviously, because with all the quarterback chaos that we've had over the last couple of years, off seasons, you know, the the level of quarterback that they've acquired has not been good. Obviously, there's there's some kind of they just can't get it done. There's not a whole lot of appeal um, right now for a quarterback to you know, a big time quarterback to kind of go yep. there and change that culture, right? Rodgers yep. and Wilson, you can just already consider them out. Um, Watson, I think may like warming up to it, but like right now, would why would you want to go there for Watson? You're the running back that they're gonna you know praise and sell you on is again he's just is it injury proneness over the last couple of years. It's been very apparent. If he if, if Watson goes to Carolina, it's only because he thinks it's an easier sell to the the people that remember him playing at Clemson and they'll embrace him and, you know, feel better. I think he'd be good there. I think he would be, he would be pretty good in Carolina. 
Uh, a Watson, Robbie Anderson, or a Watson, DJ Moore connection sounds pretty cool right now. So, yeah, right. um, and obviously they they need a new head coach. I, I we didn't say that, but all mad rule, yes, yeah, yeah. He walks just... around like he's smelling like people's farts. That's how he looks. <laughs> <laughs> He does. This is literally how Matt Rule's face looked yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him, he, him, and Joe Judge both coming in at the same time that they did as head coaches, and both have just not hit. But Joe Brady, their OC, they threw under the bus deserves another chance. It's not his fault that he was stuck with Sam Darnold and then Cam Newton and PJ Walker. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think Joe Brady's going to be okay. He's going to be all right for himself. Um, but that is it, everybody. That is it. I mean, well, excuse me. Is there any draft names? Uh, other, like anything else you want to add to the Carolina Panthers? Well, Carolina is different in the fact that they they probably should be a team that focuses on the offensive offensive line. So maybe they're a team that looks at taking um, Linder Linder Linderbaum. It's the Iowa center. The guy's a, a a wrecking ball, dude. And you don't normally take centers top ten. But this is like talking like Quentin Nelson kind of thing. Like it's so obvious what he brings to your team. Yeah. As far as talent and then as far as like attitude and just games games uh smarts and intelligence and being a center, you know what I mean? They already come in and they're trusted with knowing so much of the protection protection schemes and everything like that. So uh I think that they they'll definitely focus uh, uh doing that. They've already hit the defense so hard. Um, I mean, I guess if they feel like there's a player that can't pass that plays on the D line somewhere, maybe if if Davis from Georgia's sitting there, he's a monster. Dude, the pull pull up this guy's stats after the episode and uh and look at what this kid Davis, a defensive lineman. I'm terrible with first names. I'll get better <laughs> as we get further into the draft stuff, but uh, the guy's like six five or six six and like three hundred and sixty pounds. He's he's monstrous, Jesus. but he doesn't. But dude, he don't play like it. Like he does, obviously, because he's that big. But at the same time, like he's so fast. Like I I don't know how he gets out of his stance and fires as quick as he does. He's a freak. So uh, I I just see them getting beefier. I don't. They don't need to take a, a wide receiver high. They can probably wait until the second round or something like that. They obviously don't need a running back or any you know and anyone like that. And we've already talked about the quarterbacks are going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them to get to a quarterback. So I say they're in a cycle of pain right now, and they're just that's where you're you're stuck now. Close, close, so close yet so far away. I think it, is the, did, uh, Detroit out of the top ten teams or how, uh, the top five teams. Detroit will be the team that makes the playoffs as soon as watch. You think so? Okay. Yeah. All right. I. I that's bold, and I love it. Yeah, they got because they have a great head coach. I think they got a good, really good foundation. Um, so, I, and that 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 definitely counts for something. So, yep. but all right, everybody, that is it for this week's edition of the film room. Plenty more, to, uh, plenty more episodes for you to catch this week. Of course, tomorrow our discussion topics. Uh, Thursday our pickums. Friday NFL history, and uh, we're still gonna put an episode on Christmas Day Saturday. Your fantasy uh, look see, of course, because. Well, there's football on Saturday. We have Christmas Day football. Really excited for that. So make sure you tune in. All right, support us on our Facebook page. And uh, go find us on our YouTube channel. I have a lot of back stock 
uh, videos to, to upload over my upcoming week and a half long holiday from work. So uh, there's plenty of that. But that is it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And on behalf of Brian and I, till next time, the two point conversation is good. Three, nine, three, three, nine, three, nine.